Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Josh Brown, I sound horrendous. Even as I attempt to say your name, my voice doesn't want to let me. But I am Scott Tailford. You are Josh Brown. Hello, Scott. That's what you get for blasting out uh, Fallout Boy <laughs> until 2 o'clock in the morning, my friend. That's what you get, or I get, for you taking me to a golden oldies pop punk night. <laughs> and me not call it golden oldies. That's what they called it. It was like a golden oldie thing. That, I'm telling you, when we get older, or where we are right now, pop punk is our classic rock. Like, I've been yeah. to a, a bunch of my mates' weddings, with, and, and including my wedding, where you put songs on from especially 2003, and everyone gets up the same way the, all, all the other adults do when the 80s stuff comes on. Pop punk is our generation's classic rock. I cannot believe you just reframed my entire life with yeah, that sentence. That is entirely correct as chop, well. Chop Suey comes on, you're getting off the floor. Not even 30 not seconds punk, into yeah. this week's podcast, and so we started complaining <laughs> about how, you know, time is passed us by oh my god man but yeah very much to say that i my voice is clearly still recovering from friday night drank for about nine hours did, sang a lot of stuff not to be that guy but it was a big sesh i encourage people to go and have a nice big sesh because it was a lovely time um overall though this is the wind up where we gather up all the different gaming news stories whatever different talking points there are and wind people up for the week itself obviously i was off yesterday not because i was too ill but because i had a, had a nice day off what nice did you day. get up to scott anything nice i it wasn't nice but i did play a lot of elden ring that Game Hang doesn't on. end. That Carry is on. like, what What you mean it wasn't nice, but well, you I played just, a lot of Elden Ring? That sounds like the nicest day ever. I don't think it does. I've got a, I've got a list of stuff for us to talk about, and Elden Ring was near the bottom, so I'm going to table it, okay. and if we'll get there, we'll get there, but at some point, we're going to do, do a podcast on the things that are absolute BS about Elden Ring. Not, uh, not there's that I, like two things. I'm going to put up some video evidence at one point, because at one point, I was fighting a boss, big lad, fire giant, talking about Elden Ring anyway, can't help it, fighting a boss, and it went to a cutscene, and when the cutscene ended, I just died. Nothing, I nothing hit me. Just died. Simply can't relate to that. I know you can't. And, I, and it happened. That I went. Josh has never seen this. Every time, <laughs> every time I struggle with a boss, I'm like, he's never struggled with this. Every time I, I fight anything for longer than five minutes, I'm like, Josh got through this first time. <laughs> every single, it's it's a, it's a nightmare. It is. I mean, uh, we're tabling this. So I'm, I'm breaking <laughs> uh, the podcast etiquette right now. So in fact, I'm not even going to complete this sentence. I'll get okay. back to it. We will. I, I, the thing is, I'm hovering around the idea of doing a more fleshed out Elden Ring pod again, whilst also being aware that Elden Ring has been talked about 
about so much for the last month, but I'm kind of fascinated by that. And like, hardly any games have this much, yeah. these many legs on them. They and tend to, you know, not last this long. Maybe by the time we get around to that podcast, we'll bought, well, I've finished it. Maybe you're right near the end, you know? It'll be a fully completionist thing that we can bank it until game of the year. Who I knows? would love it to be done at this point, but we'll speak more about it in a bit. The thing I was going to open with, because I thought I'd pop the boys, was a word and a number, knack three. Yes! Would you like more knack? There's a trademark has been filed for more knack uh, for downloadable or installable home video game machine programs or additional data. I hope they call What's it... What's that? I hope they call it knack three more knack. That would be <laughs> incredible. Knack harder. Knack three, you knacker. I don't know, for me, I always really liked knack one, not the cutscenes, uh, not anything other than the way that it played. But that game was a nice, tight little platformer. Like, I quite... like. A, did you play through knack one? I played none of the knack okay. games. I thought knack one was a nice little platformer with a nice amount of challenge to it. It was surprisingly tough. And I remember that being one of the reasons that it tanked because kids just couldn't get through. I'll always remember being in a game, games like a UK video game chain, and I was in there and there was a little kid trying to play it and he was just trying to jump and beat this thing that kept hitting him and he just couldn't do it. Every time he would respawn, he would get killed again. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where like, that was alongside the fact that the aesthetic for it just looked like a garden shed come to life. It did. But it didn't, you know it didn't go down very well. It didn't. And I didn't play it and I'm part of the reason why. You know, I, I, like didn't, I didn't buy into Knack 1 or Knack 2. Knack 2 can get in this. the bin, but carry on. Ian Knack himself is like a lovable little scamp <laughs> unlike that freak Kirby who deserves to Look, be in some this, kind of jail cell. Look, just because you can't get on board with Game of the Year doesn't mean it's not Game of the Year, right? I just It's right up there. I don't know what you want from it. but <laughs> I mean, the, the fact that Knack 3 is coming back, like, I think it's just a meme now. You know, it, it is funny. I mean, I'm sure Sony needs some kind mm. of kid-friendly property now that there <clears> won't be a Ratchet and Clank for a, a, a long time. You the know, thing is... We just had a big one. The thing is, like, they've... Um, Sony as a studio have completely, like, overhauled the Japan Studio wing of their company. The dude True. that originally brought us Ape Escape and Gravity Rush, and I forget which of the things they've done, um, but that's my Ape Escape I loved as a kid. Like, there are big, you know, PlayStation-associated franchises from Japan Studio, and that team was gutted. A whole bunch of their main uh, devs have left, creative leads have left. And so um, they did Knack 1 and Knack 2, which was always that weird thing of, like, why is this game so unappealing when it's from this team that know exactly what they're doing? Um, and I wonder how much that's because it's Mark Cerny at the top. Man's a big number cruncher. Man loves the... I don't know what his title is, but he's, like, systems analyst or something. Um, and I love Mark Cerny, but he's a very specific dude. I know he's responsible for other games in gaming history too, yeah. but look at Knack. It looks like a bunch of tech specs thrown together. Like, it doesn't look that appealing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You are. You are, you are correct, Scott. There's, there's nothing that kind of like jumps off the page with mm. Knack, you know what I mean, in the same way that so many other mascot-driven uh, video games. Do you think that Knack... Well, that's the thing. It's like, do they do an app for this? Do they do a Knack Live service? Like, why do they do Knack in 2022? Uh, for the memes. Just to pop the boys. <laughs> Literally, just to pop the boys. Like, I think that's all the reason Knack exists. I don't think the second one sold well. No, well, the, the second one... I, I didn't like the second one. I played the demo for it. Um, the second one was when they tried to do a more co-op thing. Like, it was like, yeah. Knack 2, there's two of them now, and whatever. Yeah. I'll tell you this. Go on. I'm clicking my fingers at you right now. A little bit. What if uh, they retool it for PlayStation VR and it's really good? You know, like, like Astro <sighs> Bot. The thing Bot. is, Knack doesn't really have, like, he can go big. He hasn't really got, like, a signature ability. Like, he can he can go big. He can, like, hoover up parts of debris yeah. and get bigger. And then his voice gets deeper, which is kind of fun, I guess. His voice was the most random part about him. <laughs> a really, like, deep, bassy, booming voice for this, like, weird shed character. Um, if you've not seen Random, but it's a suggestion for you and everybody listening, go watch Knack's end credits scene. If you've not seen Knack's end credits, that is the biggest attempt to make him cool or something that we talked about online that no one cared about. Right. Like that end credit scene is like a whole dance sequence and it's like, what's that song where it's like, how do you like me now? That thing. I think it's called uh, How Do You Like Me Now. Uh, that thing. He's dancing to that with his little, he's like gotten the, getting his belly out and it, it's, it's a whole thing and the world went, no. I bet 
Go on. The kids loved it, though. I, I don't think they did. I don't think the kids got that far because the game was so hard <laughs> that the, the kids gave up. Maybe this right. is the most that anyone's ever talked about knack in, this what, eight years, 2014? Yeah. Um, anyway, next thing down that I've got is that the Xbox Series X and S combined beat the PlayStation 5 in sales in March um, for the first time in quite some time. This is from VG Charts, um, who said that this is combined sales, which throws me off. Because right. I think if a individual console can still um, you know, contend with um, combined sales, that still speaks to the power of the PS5 or the Switch. Um, still, though, it's worth pointing out that the Xbox is picking up a hell of a lot. Um, combined sales Series X and Series S uh, beat the PlayStation 5 in March. Xbox Series XS sold 219,136 units. PS5 sold 188,535. Um, but the Switch was still the best-selling console with 361,213 as of the end of March 19th. What do you think of Xbox coming back? Um, it's impressive. Um, I'm not gonna, I, I can't put too much stock into any of these figures at mm. this moment in time just because well, of how have still to. difficult it is to get a PlayStation 5, Scott mm. Tilford. Because, you know, I was looking at the figures... Um, before this came out, I think I was writing an article or doing something. Mm-hmm. Doing something sounds with like, the figures. Sounds like you, man. Yeah. Some kind of research Weirdo. that required those <laughs> figures. And uh, in, they were kind of comparing them to the PlayStation 4 and mm. uh, where that was in its life. And whilst the PlayStation 5 is almost there, it feels like over the past few months specifically, you know, since the start mm. of the year, it really has been hampered by uh, a lack of production. You know, yeah, the lack yeah. of PlayStation 5s being made. So it's interesting that it's... I thought the PlayStation 5 supply line, and not to make this victory for Xbox about the PlayStation 5, <laughs> but I thought the PlayStation 5 supply line was going to get better, but it feels like at, at this first half of the year period in particular, it's taken like a big hit, which has allowed uh, the Xbox Series consoles mm. to team up and kind of like jump over because, you know, the X is still quite difficult to get, but True. the uh, Series um, S is, is you, like, at least the last time I checked, you yeah. could jump on, you know, Amazon or Game or whatever and like buy that readily available. Yeah, like the S always seemed to be in stock. The S was the one that um, Spencer, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, said that um, he expected that to be the dominant platform over time. He was like, it's just such an accessible price point. Yeah. Obviously, you can do all the Game Pass stuff, and games do run incredibly well on the S overall too. Um, there is, it's just, it's an interesting thing because um, I, the Xbox doesn't have any go-to exclusives. It's that weird conversation around exclusives. Um, like, are people trying to get their hands on the PS5 to play Horizon, or are they trying to get their hands on it because it's a PlayStation? Um, and like, how much are those uh, metrics or those optics guiding those things? Because whenever anyone asks me, I don't know if, I, if this has changed for you over like the last couple of years. Um, if someone says, "What console should I get?" I still point them towards Xbox, even yeah. though I personally prefer the PlayStation. Um, well, I, I say that. I don't know if I do. I play everything about equally. I just think that I spend more time on my PlayStation because I just seem to default to it. I, like, And it's literally just because I want to accrue trophies more than I want to get random achievements. Yeah, like yeah, That's yeah. all it's got down to for me. Um, and I prefer the DualSense to the Xbox controller. It's that. It's the granularity of it. Um, and so for me, I'll, if, I'm, if it's something third party, I'll buy it on PlayStation. But like I said, if someone asks me what they should get, it's Game Pass. Right. Get a Series okay. S, get a Game Pass. If you're not bothered about Horizon, Returnal, Ratchet & Clank, go dive into Game Pass. The yeah. value is insane. Totally. I mean, I mean, I agree. I do think that's a big caveat to say mm. if, if you're not bothered about these big exclusives, because I think, I don't know, I've never met someone who's gone, nah, all those Sony exclusives, not for me. You that, know, just kind of in totality. That <laughs> might, no, I mean, like, in, in, terms of P, in terms of PS5 exclusives, there's not a single one I would say buy the PlayStation 5 to play that. Yeah. Not a single one, because Forbidden West is on PS4 anyway, PS4 Pro, whatever. Yes. I, like, unless you're, you might be different to me, but I, yeah, I wouldn't comfortably tell someone to drop half a grand on a PS5 to play Forbidden West. It depends um, what console they have. Mm. Like, if they have the PlayStation 4 Pro, like, maybe that's okay, but if you're rocking, you know, <laughs> the base PlayStation 4, yes. and, like, you have the money, you know, ready to go, like, you want to buy a console, mm. I'd be like, hell yeah, buy the PlayStation 5 right. to get a Horizon Forbidden West or what have you, because I do think, you know, you know, it is granular, you know, they're not proper 
in my eyes, like exclusive PlayStation mm. Five games that fully take, um, you know, control of the tech. But if if you're making the jump from the base PlayStation Four to the PlayStation mm. Five version of these titles, like I, I feel like you're gonna get a lot out of it. You know, you look at the quality mode on Horizon; it's just gorgeous. You yeah. look at the Dual Sense imp- in implementation. Like I'm, 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 I'm with you that if someone was like, Josh, I'm skint but I kind of want the PlayStation 5. Is it worth it? Right. I'd probably say no. But right. if you're like in, in the market to you know, upgrade your mm. machine and you're like, should I get it now? I'd be like, hell yeah, no, no reason a, to wait. Yeah, it's such an interesting thing because like for me, I think the Xbox isn't overall, like a Series S or a Series X. Um, I guess it has to be um, the Series X because you need the disc drive for the point I'm going to make, which is that you can go to a, um, you know any sort of pre-owned video game store, pick up a copy of Skate, pick up Burnout or whatever. Most of those old games will work on the new system and they're upscaled and they work better than ever. Like it is that overall, you know, you can, you can rediscover those things with newer um, resolutions and frame rates and everything. Plus, all the Game Pass stuff, like I, for me, that's a better value proposition than a, just a PS5 with like three good exclusives. I'll tell you this though, go on. Alfred. I was in a, a secondhand video game shop. <laughs> I was going to drop ago. CEX, and yes. I thought, well, they were no, no, no one knows who they are worldwide. It, it so. was CEX. Yeah. So I think it's maybe the only one in Newcastle who? Town. They've started leaning into just saying sex now. Have they really? Oh yeah, 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 it's on the adverts. They yeah, just sex. sex. And it's yeah. like, okay, yeah. sure. It's like the, the home is, is it Bart Simpson where he's like, sex. Now we've got your attention. Yes. This. It's like, like that. Yeah, it's, I guess it's, so. It's 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 working. We I will take it, a and of... we're talking about it now. Yeah. Giving them free advertising. On Give me podcast. old stuff. What was I going to say? Oh yeah, I was in there earlier the other day. In the in the you know it's cool. Like you can yes. go in and you can buy old games and plug them straight into the Xbox. But the price of secondhand games, <laughs> physical now, has gotten to an insane insane level. Like well, I was mean? looking at stuff you know on the PlayStation Two, on the PlayStation One games, and even Xbox Three Sixty games were like marked up so really? high. Like those um, ones that are a little bit more in demand. Like mm. you're talking. And, you know, games that you could get like five years ago for five pounds, yes. they're like suddenly 25, 30, you know, like full price games, yes. essentially. It's crazy. That is definitely a marker of the wider retro market coming back in. Like if, you, if you're if you if you're an absolute mad brain like me and you've got an N64 um, in the last couple of years, then most of those old N64 games are like 40, 50 quid. Yeah. Um, it depends what it is. I think obviously if you're like in physical video game stores, it's always been about rarity as well. So I don't know which games necessarily you were looking at, but you can get in same price jumps yeah. like I've seen stuff for like 50 pence and then something for like like 50 quid 60 quid and it's one of the only pressings of that disc or whatever it was and um, before they changed it again so but I think overall like retro stuff has come back in a big way which is alongside some of the backwards compatibility stuff um, but over, like it's an interesting proposition yeah someone I mean came to you. G- going back to your point you know if someone was like look I just want to play games I want the best value like I'm, I'm not too bothered about the PlayStation exclusives mm. I could take or leave Horizon then yeah I'm with you you know like I think uh any Series X console mm. at this moment in time is just really great value because even if you don't get the disc version, like you, there's still a good digital backwards compatibility uh, you know, library stuff, on yeah. there. You know, you can go on there and buy Max Payne 3 digitally. Hell yeah, you can. you can. Medal of Honor Airborne, which I... No, no Medal of Honor Airborne. Uh, Brothers in Arms, that's the one I'm yes. thinking of. Hell's Highway. Medal of Honor Airborne as well. That is also funnily on Game Pass, funnily enough. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of value there. So mm-hmm. if you're choosing between them in like... Like, you know, we were saying you're not bothered about Horizon. One only one of these only okay. one of these two consoles will let you play SSX three in four K at sixty FPS and the then it's the Xbox. One. Series X. Uh, SSX on tour, worse? Well, we're, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. Yes. The Spartacus news might be breaking as we do this. I hope so. Be very apt. Uh, we so we tend to SSX summon 
three might be on PlayStation by the time we finish this. Maybe. The thing is, okay, okay, two things to this. One, we tend to summon things when we talk about them. Usually it's a news video, but you never know, podcasts might make it happen. Um, two, SSX on the Xbox. Um, I like SSX 3, it's fine, but I didn't like that they changed the, act, the voice actors around. That's what made Tricky so good. Tricky's yes. arguably a DLC expansion for one, but Tricky was the boy. Um, but though, if you're playing, because I played SSX on PlayStation, but I got SSX 3 on my Xbox for Series X to see all the fancy stuff, the controls are weird, because initially, back in the day, um, it was like the white button and the black button and then the two back triggers and they tried to map all four shoulder buttons from PlayStation onto them but then they couldn't really do it very reliably so it became like Y became L1 okay. and it's the weirdest claw to do all four things together um, or try and do uber tricks and stuff and I know that's only going to apply to like a fraction of the audience that played <laughs> SSX over the years but it was the weirdest feeling if SSX is finally back on PlayStation I can breathe I can sleep <laughs> again because that, that stuff just felt so weird um, next thing that, like that's, we should also say we'll get to PlayStation predictions if we have time um, the reason that we're sort of um, hovering around that stuff is that we might do a full podcast on it if that stuff breaks. A bunch of different leaker accounts are saying that PlayStation Spartacus program is being detailed within hours, according to account NGT, yeah. um, who they've been responsible for all sorts of leaks recently, so maybe. Well, the thing is, sometimes it's not just even like leakers, it's just mm. like people like, you know, Greg Miller, who are in the industry, being like, there's some PlayStation stuff perhaps <laughs> coming this week, and it's like, there's definitely some PlayStation stuff coming this week. The thing is, the more people talk about it, and this, uh, I feel like this happened with the Switch Pro, where like Jason Trier was like, it's got this type of glass and it's been made over here and I can see it in front of me True. and then Nintendo went well you've let the cat out of the bag now there's no cat it's not <laughs> there's nothing well we're gonna wait until we can surprise people again we killed the cat we killed the cat just because you said that and uh, I hope that that's not the case with this I hope the play um, Sony still go oh yeah fine you, you got us but we were gonna do it anyway and whatever because um, they could do with a optical win like the state of play was horrendous and there's nothing else scheduled for the rest of this year um, not really so I kind of hope they do some sort of blowout and do good stuff I think they will I, so, I hope so as well um, next thing down, which is we're talking about just as an overall talking point as to how far this company has fallen, is GTA Plus and Rockstar offering a monthly service for GTA Online um, to the price of about $5.99. Uh, um, this, <laughs> this gets you um, a whole bunch of just, I mean, I guess it, make, it makes sense to GTA Online players. If you're living in GTA Online, if you play that thing regularly, um, you get a bunch of different, um, you get access to like uh, different cosmetics, you get access to different clothing, pieces of clothing. Not something I would ever pay a monthly fee for personally. Yeah. Um, and it feels like the, the the thing that I had a problem with is that for the longest time, GTA Online has been associated with overinflated microtransactions. And um, like obviously, you can buy the shark cards, which you can exchange for cars in game or apartments or whatever. Um, it just is the the currency that you use online. Um, if you pay monthly, um, you get five hundred thousand uh, in game shark money or whatever it is, um, which is equivalent of about a five ninety nine shark card on their official site anyway. So what are you really paying for? Like you sort of get like it's like well you know you can get this on the monthly and we'll give you this five hundred thousand thing, but it's an economy that they've skewed in the first place. So I don't yeah. like that they made a problem and then sold you the solution to it. That's like modern gaming yes. in the shell, isn't it? Especially when it comes to microtransactions. It's like when people talk about, you know, like the grind, it's like, well, you can skip the grind. And it's like, if, <laughs> if the grind needs to be skipped, why is Yeah, it why is it there in the first why place? Why have you made it like you? Why are we paying to skip the game? This game was not just like birthed, like as it was. <laughs> you made these decisions. Uh, but yeah, in this um, regard in particular, you know, I've not played GTA Online in mm. a long time. Mm. I'm going to get back into it um, either this week or the next. Now really? It's got the uh, next gen version. Yeah, me and my friends are going to jump on. Ooh. Have a little, quite a, quite a literal drive down nostalgia lane <laughs> with that. Uh, but yeah, it's not something that I would necessarily pay for, but the economy in that game, like you said, you know, is so messed up. If you're coming into that title after not playing it for a long time, you know, you're going to be locked out with certain things, like mm. certain heists you're not going to have enough money for. You're going to either have to grind mm. or you're going to have to get a shark card and maybe this monthly subscription while you're playing, you know, to get that money up so you can get into these events and mm. stuff. And it's kind of like, 
I used to love this thing, man. Like, I right. used to love it so much. I used to live on it. And then it got to the point where I just felt, like, you know, priced out of it. I'm sure, right. you know, um, you and uh, your friend of mine, you and Patterson, mm-hmm. you know, used to say, like, very similar things of, you know, it just got to the point where the, the price of entry for it, the quite literal price of entry was just becoming ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And all the stuff that was being added on was just kind of, yeah, fluff, I suppose. Because how did that stuff manifest over time? Like, did they start giving less payouts for specific, like, jobs, missions, whatever? Did it just feel like they were, like, the grind is just being emphasized? Um, yeah, I think it just got emphasized. Just, like, the more stuff they added, like, it was just, it wasn't that you, at least from what I remember, it might have changed since when I played it, mm. but uh, it wasn't that you got less payouts for anything. It was just that the stuff they implemented was so wildly expensive right. and so alluring. You know, you had, like, these flying cars which could, could come in and, like, mm. absolutely wreck people, and they were very expensive, like, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, like the most recent heists, you need to put the money in yep. to uh, be able to pull them off in the first place. And that was already kind of, you know, quite high up. And you might have spent it. You've got all of these cars to spend all of this money on. Mm-hmm. And it's not like shark cards were kind of introduced one day and it was like really, you know, suddenly insidious. You mm-hmm. know, shark cards. I remember getting a $1 million shark card bonus when I got the uh, original PlayStation 4 version, you know, for right. pre-ordering that way back when. So they've always been part of it. It's just like the stuff that they've added um, has kind of, begun to push you in that direction more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the thing that with GTA Online is that I played it back at launch, which is the worst time to possibly play it. And um, that game barely held together back then. Like it was just that thing. Because I played, um, I think I've said to you, I don't know if I've said this on a recording or not, but I played GTA 4 online quite a bit. And I played <laughs> GTA on the PSP with my other friends in school. Yeah. And we all had PSPs. That was my first experience of GTA multiplayer, which that was brilliant. I'm not going to lie. That, when you take GTA 3's maps, like in Staunton Island, like the original one, um, Portland, uh, I think it's called um, those maps with a multiplayer setting where you don't know where people are and everyone's just got bazookas and different cars and like all that different um, associated ephemera around that those original games with a, with a multiplayer like deathmatch thing that was brilliant like yeah. like multiplayer GTA is great um, and I know that they're making all these strides and say you know they've made GTA Online a separate thing now it's a separate executable on the PlayStation Store um, and it's free to play at least it is on PlayStation until June um, and you can dive into it and it feels like just let that breathe like you don't like necessarily need to but then they're getting a, they're not getting away with it but like <laughs> it's been going for so long now yeah. like we're up, we're about to hit the decade mark and not only are they you know sort of keeping it going in largely the same form that it is getting the same thing over and over again but they're now over monetized the exact same thing that you've already had for the last nine years. Like, this is the future of GTA Online is monthly pass and microtransactions. Yeah, it's totally. I mean, when you put it like that, it's quite bleak, I suppose. I guess they might as well, but, like, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, like... the. It's a hell of a precedent. I, I just wish the content was sort of like bigger. I know they have mm. got some like the original actors to come back and do online only kind of uh, you know missions or events or mm. whatever, whatever like that. But you know it's just kind of crazy, like you said, to be almost ten years in into for them to keep like implementing this stuff. I know they've got to support it. I know they've got to mm. keep making money somehow. But like they've also made a lot of money, <sighs> and they, it's not like Grand Theft Auto Five like physical sales are stopping. Like no. that thing is still everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. You know, it should be Elder Ring thanks to the. Uh, recent uh, remasters. It's not like the money has suddenly like beginning to dry no. up, you know what I mean? Well, that was, that was the insane thing with the, it was, it was the UK boxed sales, I think, where it knocked Elden Ring off the top spot and it yeah. was like, of course it did yeah. because GTA 5 has not left the top 10, but then not only that, it went back up to, who doesn't have a copy of this game? <laughs> who is still buying this game in 2022? Well, um, my friend, there were people who were eight years old when this game came out and oh now will God. be 18, turning 18. So. Where were you in 2013 when GTA 5 drops? What's your uh, GTA 5 playing at first time story? My, uh, I mean, we all remember where we were my friend. Uh, <laughs> I'd literally just started university. I was three days in. I moved really? there 
on the um, Saturday mm-hmm. uh, or maybe the Sunday, and I had to come back to my hometown right. to pick up my pre-order on the Tuesday. So I literally, like, I was like, okay, here are the, my new, um, you know, the people I'm living with. I was like, I'm going to go for two days uh, <laughs> to pick up this game and come back, and then I'll just play that for two weeks. Right. And I, like, didn't leave my room. <laughs> oh, God, I was uh, moving house. I was in my, I was finishing my master's. And, um, yeah, GTA Five like, came out, and I, st- I, was, I went to Blockbuster at midnight. I didn't have a pre-order, so I was, I'll just go to somewhere at midnight. I'll be able to get a copy of it. Not the case. Um, And I was standing in a queue at one of the last remaining blockbusters um, in Newcastle and uh, waiting because they were like, we have to wait until all the allocated copies have gone and then whatever's left, you guys can have one of the the remaining ones. So I had to wait for like an hour, maybe an hour and a half for all the pre-order people to come in and get them. And then there was like four or five copies left and I I got one because I've been waiting that long. And by the time I got home, I just fell asleep because I've been (laughs) up way too long. And then I was moving house the next day. So I like picked up uh, GTA 5, moved house and uh, I I was moving like furniture and stuff and I picked a box up like off like a shelf it was like to move something and it dropped right on my eye the corner no. of the box went right in my eye and uh, and I was immediately blinded I made a very lovely noise and uh, and I was like but GTA 5 though <laughs> and I just sort of like I just sort of winced and just kept playing like w- through one eye because um, I was I was like no I need to I'm, I want to play it it's, yeah. been, it's been days and I just sort of sat there with my absolutely my eye was blurry as hell I was probably blind um, and just sort of sat playing GTA that's my memory of GTA 5 just I've, uh, blurry a, a fully enough, I was also in Newcastle as well because right. my uh, mate who I moved to uni with, uh, like he had a pre-order in Newcastle, so we went to the midnight uh, right, release. Right. You know, like you waited in line, got back. We were all huddled around like sort of his, uh, you know, telly, like playing the opening <laughs> missions. It was like so late. And then I got immediately up the next day after like three hours sleep, right. went, did like a big bus journey back and did it. But I was playing, obviously. You- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. In university, I had like I had the smallest television you've ever seen. Mm. It was this tiny little LED thing, mm. like it was probably about six inches wide. It's before the big TV boom. Before yeah. the big TV yeah. boom, it was all it's all I had. So it was either you you, you play it on this or you just lump it, which makes <laughs> you know present day Josh feel a bit itched. You would do. Have the uh, there's no uh, the, the size of resolution I wanted. No nits at all. No nits. I remember like kind of being hunched over this tiny telly, you know, <laughs> in the darkened room, trying to get as close as possible so it didn't look so small. It was For like the full experience. It was like playing it on like an old. Nokia. <laughs> oh god, that's my yeah. I had a little box TV at the bottom of my bed because I was student dig, so it was like yeah. that was just like in the corner and it's sort of squinting to try and breathe in this insane world. Um, but yeah, uh, coming up on a decade of GTA Five and the uh, monthly service. Everything has a monthly service, including GTA Online. Um, speaking of nits, though, um, we should quickly talk about Ghostwire Tokyo because for as much as I was trying to get Elden Ring out the way before starting something big and story focused, Elden Ring doesn't end. Oh my god, that You're game! So close, friend. I'm so close, dude. You keep telling me I'm so close, and then I, I fought the fire giant who's like one of the final near final bosses and then I beat that thing and I was like cool I just need to get this item that this thing is blocking and then it's like actually no there's another dungeon that you need to do and I was like it's 1am lads <laughs> Miyazaki I, I can't so I just I saved and I was like I'll get back to this later I'm gonna I've had Ghostwire Tokyo in my possession for three days I love the prologue I actually went back and um, you, uh, that's one thing I would encourage you a lot of people is download the free Ghostwire Tokyo prologue it's just a story based prologue about a specific character um, who doesn't seem connected to the events of the main Ghostwire for like about an hour and a half ish yeah. um, of the game um, there or thereabouts um, but the prologue's really really cool um, Ghostwire itself I've only done about an hour hour and a half ish because um, again it was one in the morning but um, Ghostwire uh, is like Ghostbusters in Tokyo where it's right. like and especially in the prologue where it's like this team of like ghost hunting people and this one specialist are just responding to all these different sightings all these different possessions all these different things um, around Tokyo whilst also saying like, oh do you think he's behind this do you think he's responsible for this and um, we need to track down him or whatever it is um, and then you jump to the main game and you're playing as this dude called Akito who's um, involved it looks like he's involved in like an accident at the beginning gets possessed by a spirit you don't really know who it is um, and it kind of just goes from there and you sort of have all these different spectral powers and this different way that you can interact with all these different demons that are unleashed on Tokyo because there's this insane fog that's just hoovering up people it leaves behind shoes and shirts and stuff cool. and they keep disappearing and Akito is one of the only ones who survives that initial sweep of the fog um and the game's like set up and law is really, really cool. And so it was one of those things where it just reminded me how awesome Tango game works are. Like Evil Within's law and concept is 
brilliant. Yeah, like the whole idea of like a shared space. Um, I guess it'd be spoilers for Evil Within One, but like you know, you are, like, you realize that you're in this shared mind space with all these different with this killer, and that's what's popularizing, uh, populating the world with these different demons and stuff. Um, that's a great concept, and I think they did they do really cool stuff with Evil Within One and Two. And so that was the thing with Ghostwire. I was like, this concept is really really cool. Um, gameplay though, and the the fact that it has six graphic mode settings, I literally spent twenty minutes going between them, just going like, what tweaks what? Like this is this is breaking point. This has to be breaking point, um, because performance and um, what's the other one? Uh, performance and quality modes yeah. are already the dog worst thing in the industry. Um, I think they might be worse than microtransactions. To well, be honest, I just want to play the game. Friend. I just want to play the game. I don't want to sit there and faff. I just want to know what the artistic vision was, artist vision was, and so this thing what has if? like. The artistic vision is to have six different settings. Then they're not a very clear vision. No, no artist, but I'll just paint two canvases because I don't know what I want. No, one. One. I, I, as the most, like, uh, you know, unable to make a decision man in the entire world. <laughs> well, that's I, what I, I mean. I respect it. No, as, as someone who just wants the best thing, I just want to, like, hold the developer. Okay, I want to get the developer, Shinji Mikami. What's the best one? Just tell me. <laughs> what's the best one? Because all, all people do is go to Google and go, what's the best one anyway? And so in Ghostwire's case, obviously, there are threads. IGN put a video out going, like, this is what you need. Um, because alongside the graphics modes, which is just to do with ray tracing and performance uh, in terms of uh, frame rate and stuff, is also a whole bunch of settings to do with aim assist. Um, and the way that the camera moves because this game has a delay. It has that aim acceleration thing yeah. where you move the stick and it moves a little bit and then a lot. And that's the worst way to shoot anything in any game. Yes. So IGN put a video out saying, go in there, crank up the sensitivity, make it so that the game is more responsive um, and use the um, high frame rate quality V-Sync mode, which is like the fifth one <laughs> or something um, because that seems to be the best mix of ray tracing with a solid performance and an unlocked frame rate. Blah, makes me want to throw up. But like, yeah, that. I eventually got down and then I had a nice time. Did you really? I had a nice time. I bet you were fizzing having to go through all of those settings. I, I can I, imagine it vividly. Oh, I hate it. I, I actually, I really, really hate it. But um, the only downside I'll say for Ghostwire um, is that almost immediately you're aware that you're doing the same thing. And it's what, and it, like okay. in terms of, it's one of those games like Alan Wake, like Metal Gear Rising, where it's weaken an enemy, put them in a state and then do a finisher to finish them off. And you can just use one of your projectiles to finish them off instead. Um, but you're encouraged to rip the core out of stuff, to rip the core out of a demon um, to get more or, um, of your ammo back. Um, you get the same amount of XP from what I can tell. But um, it's that thing where almost immediately you've seen the core ripping animation right. five times in the first like two minutes. Um, and one of the unlocks is speed up the animation. And it's like, oh, I know what you guys are doing. We're going to yeah. be doing this for the next 20 hours. It's it's This is a funny one, right? Because obviously, you know, it's uh, by uh, Tango Gameworks, like yeah. you said, you know, or, uh, published by Bethesda. Mm -hmm. Bethesda has since been bought by Microsoft, yet this is a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Mm -hmm. Um and they are I mean, burying it in the marketing. Like, they do not care. That's 100% true, man. Like, I thought the reviews kind of, like, I, I was looking forward to this game, but the reviews kind of, like, to me said, don't spend 50 mm. pounds on it, so I'm holding <laughs> off until it goes a little bit cheaper. But to me, like, this is the kind of game that will excel on Game Pass, you know, when mm. this exclusivity is up, when, uh, you know, Microsoft don't have any of these prior um, obligations from before the the deal. Like, if this dropped on Game Pass, I'd have been all over it, you know, right. immediately, right. within seconds of it going up. And I just want titles like this that are a little bit weird, that don't have, you know, 10 out of 10s, 9 mm. out of 10s across the board, uh, but still sound really interesting, like, to remove that barrier of entry of £55 mm. or whatever it is. I just think that's going to be cool and hopefully will allow, you know, a studio like 
tango, you know, to like flourish oh, under man. a new ecosystem. Hopefully, that's the idyllic dream for me. Yeah, yeah. My thing is, I just I wanted to give time. I wanted to I wanted to award this money. Like this is a new IP. I love the concept. I love the devs. Um, I just wanted a new game that had so many cool ideas. Like to, to just have the money behind it. It wasn't until I went through the prologue and um, that I was like, no, I'm definitely going to invest in this. Like I just I want to see something like Ghostwire Tokyo succeed. Like yes, I said, it's, it's a new IP. It's got so many like you know quirky like new ideas. Um, it it, it plays things fairly safe in regards to the way XP is doled out and the way the open the world sort of unfills and it becomes this here's a peppering of side mission-y stuff and collectibles that you can go and find but the overall idea of a separate story prologue and like the concept's really cool and it's like really good um, you know nicely animated first person combat that we barely ever see like I mean like the Riddick games kind of had it um, this reminds me a lot of and I've mentioned this a few times in regards to this game um, an old Xbox game called uh, Breakdown um, which was like a first person melee game where it was all about like, like big punches and wind-ups hey makers and roundhouse kicks but it was all in first person so even if you did like a spinning kick the whole review would spin around and stuff like that and I was like that's really really cool it also reminds me of a game that was on PS2 that I cannot place for the life of me I don't know if you'll have played this um, would have been an early game in the PlayStation 2 cycle where you play as a dude who has access to transforming weapons and one of them is like a set of tonfas that were white um, and you also mm. get like a big bow staff that I think was yellow or red um, and I need to go back and need to find this game. Please do. Because um, that use of really striking colors for the weapons um, is what this has, where it's like, you know, you get this big pulsating green energy glow thing that you can use yeah. um, and different elements that you can equip and everything, um, which combined with that beat down, everything's in first person feel. Even when you bring the map up in Ghostwire, he like brings his hand up um, cool. before it, but then it cuts to the map anyway, but then he like whips his hand around to like close the map again. Um, little things like that. And like when you're ripping the core out of a guy, it's all like, like twisty finger stuff to like rip it out. Just things like that where I was like, this is a really, really cool game. Like, really cool concept. Um, the villain having, like, a Hanya mask on, which is, like, a demonic, like, like, like I guess, like, mythical Japanese folklore-style demon mask. Um, it's just a really sick visual. And the fact that he's literally pulling the strings of who's connected to who in the afterlife, and that's what's happening in the real world and everything. I was like, this is this is so my S. This is just <laughs> so my stuff. So I was, uh, yeah, really, really enjoying that. We should wrap, though, on quick thoughts on Elden Ring, because you finally finished it. So we can, do, we can do a quick thing. You've been back through it within four hours. I've finished twice. I've finished I know. it twice, my friend. I'm so tired today because I started it again at eight o'clock last night. <laughs> I was like, I was like, right, I'm gonna do a new game plus run because I need two trophies. And right. the two trophies are just two different endings. So I was like, yeah. I'll see how far I can get. Ended up staying up until like half one and just finished the whole game again and got this uh, secret so ending. Crazy. It was it was crazy, my friend. But yeah, I mean You're on New Game Plus. We should cause I thought yes, when you told me this this plus. morning that you'd started a fresh save and you were just that good that you got through it. <laughs> like wish. not just knowing how to dodge everything. <laughs> no, I wish. I'm I'm not that good. But yeah, new game plus obviously i'd done everything before so for the first you know few areas i was just like absolutely you know smoking mm. fools who gave me a lot of trouble before <laughs> it was so so satisfying to yeah. just bully you know bosses that gave me that's so why i summoned it crap beforehand man. Yep. Like, it felt good uh yeah but obviously the fact that i'm doing this again and i'm going to finish it once more tonight uh, on new game plus plus uh it's just a testament to how much i enjoyed that thing yes. like, i didn't want it to end by the time it ended i got to the dungeon that you're in where you know the dragon comes down right uh, I, I won't spoil it I was it's gonna spoil fine. That one. The, the the second well essentially the last dungeon the last area before you get to the final bosses uh, and i just thought like this is coming to an end and it feels so good you right. know i just for me it's it's gonna be a tough Thing to beat for game of the year, my friend, because I'm back through it now, and I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to. I've, I've, I've got me chicken wing. 
and I've, I've, I've eaten all of everything off it, and I'm yeah. practically just licking the bone right now. It is He's so just doing that thing where you good. pull it out your mouth, just sort of, always freaks me out, but people do that to get <laughs> everything off it. Now, I am waiting for it to end. I It's too long. Like, I'm 70 hours in. I've done story stuff. I've done, like, all the, the Rani quest. I like, This will give this will pop you. 70 hours in, and I found um, <laughs> a church near the beginning of a character who gives you the invading finger. Oh, my God. Yeah, 71, oh God. 71 hours in. I am, um, because I was looking for a stone that would let me uh, smith my weapon up to like plus nine or whatever because I have that sword of night and flame or something and it was like oh if you talk to this guy he's like some evil dude um, he'll give you a finger and then you've got to go invade people I love this. and that's how you get a stone so I was like well I'll do that and I was like this, uh, this feels like an early game item to be honest <laughs> yeah a little bit and so I didn't get that but then yeah overall I think it it doesn't overstay its welcome because it is it's like a Skyrim it's massive you can get as immersed in it as you want but I think if you're chasing down the main path stuff it should wrap faster than it does for me. I think if you're going to have a whole world of ancillary stuff, make it ancillary, and they'll argue that it's all core or whatever, but I think the way that they force you to go into the open world by one-shotting the hell out of you if you haven't done that stuff right. doesn't feel good at all. Okay. It just feels like, oh, okay, every single part of this boss is just going to one-shot me. That dagger, that random part of a boss that landed on me or just brazed me is yeah. going to kill me, and I need to just go away and grind until I can get through this thing. It's it's Again, it's it's tough, you know, because like in that, in that sense, we literally are playing two different games you mm-hmm. know like i never had anything one shot me to that degree where i had to go away and grind or anything like Whereas that i've been one shot about 50 times totally you know what i mean so I'm, obviously it's a very valid experience very valid uh you know <laughs> criticism of the game it's just sort of like i can't either say yeah that is something that i know about all well go i think against it just because it's like no totally well you've got like 50 hours more than me like you were you always went off and did way more side stuff than me like you've beaten like three or four side bosses that i've not seen and that i just haven't come across and i'm not going to use a walkthrough in that regard like i will find it for like if i'm stuck i'll use a guide after a while i'll use a guide um or i might look up a smithing stone or something um but i don't i just want to sort of experience it however it doles itself out so like the rani stuff i stumbled into um wider boss stuff i've just whatever i find i'll be i've still not thought there's a giant people were sharing at the beginning of the game never found him right um, some early game thing and like I said that, that finger I've just found now 70 hours in so I'm like okay if that's how the game wants to present itself then cool right. like and that's I mean I didn't find that island that had that thing on until now so yeah there's all that stuff where I'm just but I, I, I don't know I have an inkling where I'm like if I'm going to mainline something it should feel like definitive progression and then that side of it just feels a bit it's just they try and balance how much they incentivize you to go and do the wider stuff but i think at some point like you know you're beating um basic enemies really easily you're beating some bosses really easily but then you'll get one that just one shots you and it's like okay it's it's i'm, I'm gonna have to i might play it for a third time and do mm. like a completely fresh run because going through on new game plus it was astonishing how much content was optional right like if you do just the critical path if you just want to hit credits mm. like like i said you know it took me four hours and that was an hours spent doing a very finicky thing to unlock a very specific mm. secret ending. Like, that wasn't basic. I imagine if I do it tonight, it'll take me two, maybe right. max, to get through it all. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many, like, you cannot go to Kaelid on the right at all. You don't have to travel mm. to there. You can skip most of the learning of the lakes. You don't have to do any of the Atlas Plateau. You can just make a beeline straight for the Lingdale capital yeah. and go to the giant place. 
again, make a beeline, and then you the only real dungeons you have to do are kind of like Stormvale mm. and uh, the one that you're in right now, uh, the kind of the, the broken city. I can't Azula, remember. Fallen Ruin or something. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Farum Azula or something. Mm. And I was just kind of doing that, thinking about how much optional content is actually in it, you know, the things that I was getting immersed in. For me, that's some of the best content. As I was going to say, that never, is its greatest strength, yeah, yeah. I would never, ever skip it, but it's kind of crazy looking at, looking at the critical path and the 13 or so bosses that you actually have to kill. Mm. I'm just thinking, this is such, in in context of everything, such a tiny part of the overall game. <laughs> it if was I just had like, just done that, I, I don't even know if it's possible, like you said, because of the leveling and stuff, mm. but if I had just done that, I would be thinking, like, it's okay. And it's the thing right. is, as well, like, I mean, like, I haven't just done that. I, yes. I've, like, you know, you look at my map, I have been everywhere that I can be, and I am 71 hours in. It's just that feeling of, like, okay, I've done, like, you know, if you've done four hours of the main path, then I've done, like, 66 of everything else. And, like, that doesn't feel like it meaningfully translates into stats. Like, you know, if I investing strength or vigor or, like, health pools or strength pools, it doesn't really feel like I'm hitting as hard as I should be considering the time I've put in. Like, that's kind of just where I'm at. And I get that, like, it's all going to be in how you've built your character, but, like, I'm fine against most things things until something just one shots me and i'm just like oh right. okay i guess you just put that in there then like you know it doesn't feel fair like it like right. it doesn't it just feels like we needed you to die because you're near the end and that this this boss does a one hit kill thing now I'd and be, it's just it's just things like that i'd, I'd be again. fascinated to look at your build in depth <laughs> to see check out my build josh bro i will i would love to just because like you said you know i, I never i just never hit those roadblocks mm. of oh, okay i'm not this is this is this sucks you know well I, mean? I think it's offset by if you literally if you do explore more and you do all those um, optional bosses then like you are strong enough whether it's through strength or you have enough defense to withstand those hits which mm. like like i said you're 40 50 hours more than me but we are at the same point or i am at the end i, uh, I think I suppose, anyway you know the, my I, argument would be that they don't push you towards those things and that's its greatest strength because you can stumble upon them but if they're going to then rely on certain stats and builds towards the end or certain ways to get through that final content and the only response the game can give you is we're going to one shot you because you didn't do enough of the of the wider stuff yeah and i'm going to go well i guess i'm gonna have to grind then and that sucks yeah it's true i mean i, I need to look at the stats more in depth because i know mm. there is stuff that you know boosts your defense but i don't know how much i put in that mm. i know if some stuff you know stays the same throughout like the armor you get yeah like that just they just have the same stats, mm -hmm. the same resistances, and what have you. Obviously, you can like boost your HP. I think for me, HP was the thing that got me through. Like my HP bar is like massive. Right, it's huge. It's like halfway across the screen. Right. Like I put so much, so many points into HP, which just allows me to take those hits, and mm. not get one shot. And maybe that's why. Maybe if I look at my maybe. health bar compared to yours, for instance, maybe it's like possibly a big difference there. It's. Uh, I mean, that's the thing that I've seen like a few people, and I kind of experienced it too, saying that the final area, the the mountain of the giants or whatever, has a lot of like it's a difficulty spike. Like, like it's, a, it's a late game spike. I didn't necessarily think that it was, um, but you're, you are just fighting the same enemies again, but they're bigger, like a bigger weird dog dinosaur thing, a bigger hand spider thing. Um, and it is just sort of, it's, it's a lot of it all at once. It just, that was the thing where it felt like it was like Dark Souls 2 energy, where it was like, you're just, you're throwing the same stuff at me over and over again. Um, you know, and like, and, and then when that final dragon came in, I was like, An another dragon boss. We just did like two in a row. Or I did, because the way my playthrough came together. When that yeah. came in for me, I went, another dragon boss? I've just <laughs> done two in a row. Yes. I can't believe you gave me another one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for me, I'm just, the way that they try and play such a deft hand of mixing main path stuff, story stuff, lore stuff with wider world building and optional stuff. And I think maybe when I finished it holistically, like I'll be maybe be more positive on it overall. So that I'm not positive on it. I do think it's probably likely my game of the year. Um, but at the same time, I do think there are things to address in regards to the way that they balance all those systems and the way that they encourage you to do different parts of that game. And whether it is a, the greatest strength of it or its greatest weakness, that you need to go wide. Yeah. Um, but then also you don't need to go wide because you can just do the main path, but you will get flattened in one hit. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, it's 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 a tough line to uh, sort of toll in because I was loving it and going to all the optional areas. Like, I love that mm. stuff. Like, uh, for me, the giant area was actually... I don't want to say it was easy, but right. because I'd uh, you know done um, like the the harder level first and got absolutely just rinsed there, mm. it's where you fight. Uh, I think it's called Melina. Uh, this is something. It begins, begins with an M. It begins with an M. So you begin with one of three it's, letters. It's the most difficult boss in the game by right. far. Uh, it's like her area, and it's just like a three tiered dungeon that just gets more difficult and more difficult. And I kind of slogged through there, and then went back and did the area you're in now with mm. the dragon. And I was kind of like, okay, I've seen the hardest thing this game has to right, offer. Right. And now I'm kind of like, you know, it, it doesn't feel as punishing anymore. Because I had a, um, my just like, oh God, Miyazaki, I can't be bothered, was the, uh, there's an underground lava place uh, near yes. one of the mountains. I think it's near Mount, Mount Gelmir. And uh, it just has like this thing that goes back and forwards and it just kills you if, you've even, if you're even standing next to it. It doesn't even matter if it's moving or not. You just instantly die. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get I get exactly how you programmed that and I can't be bothered. Like, <laughs> it's been like 13 years of this stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm not doing for, it again. Is that uh, you've got like some of the final... Um, like end game bosses, you know, the, the very final ones. Throw in some kind of modifiers that are just you're gonna be fuming. <laughs> I was few. I know how fuming I was. Right. In like, it's just it's it's difficult, like to judge the animations mm. on top of this BS it throws on top of you. And I quite like that, especially like I said, it was very satisfying to kind of fully learn it and mm. go back through them last night and then take those guys out. But like the first time through, I was just thinking, I do not need this added modifier on top. And My thing, me. we should do a podcast on this because it's different strands of difficulty. I realized that I don't fully like... I prefer the difficulty that's in Sifu, where you are improving your hand-eye coordination, you're improving, like you are reading animations, and you are being dealt damage, but you can tango for a bit, like you can go back and forward, and you can kind of learn on the fly a little bit, whereas I think in Souls games, sometimes they have a predilection to just squish you, and go like, okay, you should have zagged when you zigged, make sure you go left instead of right next time, and it's like, okay, I'll, I'll guess I'll learn that then. One-hit kills do very little for me personally, like, it's why I bounced off Cuphead eventually, I got to the last Isle of Cuphead, and then it was just like, oh my god, there's a million things, if I get hit by just one of them, I'm dead. There's no real learning experience there for me. Yeah, it's just pattern recognition. I, I, I definitely totally get that. I think this again just comes down to the fact that we were sort of playing different games at this yeah. point because I, I fortunately was able to learn on the fly for a lot mm. of bosses. It's why you know some only took me like you know two goals or anything because I could tank a few hits and then be like, right, that is a move I need to avoid mm. in this way and not you know get killed by it, and then have to start again and then have them throw another animation that kills me in one hit. Like I just didn't have that experience. But if you did, like yeah, it's it's weird as well. Because like, like this would be for like the, a wider pod, even though I keep talking about it, is the camera stuff. Like I think the camera's abysmal. Like the amount of times I've died to the camera, where like my dude just disappears under the camera. Yeah. Or like the camera is like locking onto a part of a giant creature that means <laughs> it goes underneath me. And I'm just like, what is even going on? Like, how have you not figured this out? Or like I'm trying to like walk backwards whilst locking on and they don't de-res the, the parts of the geometry that are in now in the foreground. So it's, oh, there's a tree there now that you can't see. Yeah. Like, or you trigger like one of the dragon heads or one of the, the laser beam weapons and it takes up the screen because you're still locked on, but they can tank the hit and hit you through it. So it's like, right. I couldn't even see that to... Like what? What is this? You've had the same camera for thirteen years. It's 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 funny. Sometimes I do Ugh. this podcast, Scott, and I feel like I'm like gaslighting you or something, just being like <laughs> these things don't exist. No, no. But again, that ca that camera thing, like you, I know you, you we mentioned that a few times off camera. Yeah. It's just I've just must have been very lucky because I've never I've never been killed to it. Like the even like the giant, right. like you were saying there, like it was annoying that I couldn't see 
is a tax, but I was never like, oh, I wish I could move it this way. The only time it's really been annoying is when I'm fighting a dragon and I accidentally lock on. Like, mm. the accidental lock on is, has, has messed me up a few times. Right. Uh, but not, like, being too close or, like, the geometry not kind of becoming opaque. Right? It's weird because I like, and it was in that tips and tricks video, actual lock on etiquette in these games. But I would maybe argue that a lock on that you have to not use is mm. not very helpful at all. Because, um, like, yeah, it'll make you miss stuff. Like, you're actually better de-locking and swiping in a way that you think you should um, to make certain the tax hit like the laser beam thing from the, that sword that I've got but yeah I just I have some qualms with it and I feel like all of it just gets swept under the rug of like well they meant it that way or like it's meant to be cheap and hard and annoying and it's meant to make you feel like that and I'm like yeah but that also means that he that it's a get out of jail free card for everything and right. it's not <clears throat> excuse me a perfect game like it's close there's a lot of stuff that's great about it um, but as is even evidenced by the fact that they patched in map markers they think there's more to be done yeah. and, uh, and I wonder how much other things change in that regard but yeah point is that I'm right near the end of it and I can't wait for it to be done because I can have more of a holistic conversation with it and get on with my life. How about you let me finish it instead and I'll enjoy it? May I might ask you to beam in again. Like you helped yeah, me with that yeah. that knight and that beast thing. Oh there is there is one boss at the at the end of the level you're in now right. that I feel like you you're gonna need to be if I can summon not because I'll... you suck, but right. because he's he's so frustrated. I think you're just gonna go, well, I do not have time for this BS. Well that was the thing, the um, the twin gargoyles that you fight in the underground cave, I just had to fight them properly. And it's not that I've been summoning for everything. I do try and fight most stuff properly. It's just it depends how much BS it feels like. But after a while it's like no I can't summon I'm going to summon for this um, but then sometimes those pools just aren't available so you just have to learn it and fight it same with the twin gargoyles same with the fire giant um, might be the same with that final thing um, but I guess I'll just see I like that summoning is an option but I would rather fight something properly I just feel like the game relies too much on splash damage on, like, on like hitboxes you can barely read things that are just under you all of a sudden something that's behind you Commander Nile coming with two different dudes that just go around you and it's he like was difficult like what was, was that really difficult. Oh, I got stabbed from the side like oh that's fun isn't it like oh Returnal, is it? Like, stuff like that gets right under my skin because I'm just like, well, I didn't have a chance to even prepare for that. Right. But when, um, you can argue that you see it in front of you at the start, so you had all the time to prepare. Yes. But whatever, we'll, we'll revisit this stuff uh, at some point in the future. I know Mr. James Dallas is getting through Elden Ring as well. Um, for now, this has been the, the wind-up. I was going to say I'm very much wound up over Elden Ring <laughs> um, and hopefully get through at the end of it. I've been Scott Telford, joined by Josh Brown. Always a pleasure, Scott Telford. Always a pleasure to be heard by all of you, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.